0: This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenrider. This is a habit. In the last episode, I talked about how even though 2020 is super weird, which is the understatement of the decade, the fogginess of our future isn't the weird part of it, because that's always the case. We never know what our future holds. So while it sometimes seems like COVID is causing everything to be a cloud of confusion, that's only partly the case. It's helpful for us to remember that while things are nuts, the unknown is mostly just part of life. Our future is always unknown to us. That doesn't mean things aren't still crazy-making now, though. (laughs) When you get those emails from your kid's school about taking things a week at a time, or if you're exclusively online for the foreseeable future, or if you're homeschooling for the first time. For most of us that are parents, our kid's schooling is all new, even if it's just for a bit. The same is true for much of our work. Maybe you're working from home exclusively, and you've got near daily remote meetings. Or maybe you're in your office, but you have to wear masks all the time. Or maybe your job assignment changed because of the pandemic. Or maybe for some of you, I'm sorry to say, have lost your job and are now looking for work. Regardless what field you're in, my guess is most of your work life is new as well, even if it's just for a bit. The same can be said for so many other areas in our lives. Working out and exercise. Perhaps your favorite gym is still closed or you can no longer afford your membership there. Or your current MO makes it nearly impossible to get any exercise in, even from home. How about hanging out with friends? I mean, who's raising your hands with me that miss just hanging out with other adults so very much? We've hung out with just a few couple friends here and there, but by and large, we have drastically decreased hanging out with people. And even when we do, it's outside, it's socially distanced, and there's no hello and goodbye hugs. That just feels weird. And even date nights. Yeah, we get to see each other, but it's all just so different. So many restaurants are closed or just not dine inable And it's just too hot if you're in a similar climate as me to eat outside right now. I can only imagine what it's like for those of you with kids too young to stay home alone. You're probably having a near impossible time figuring out a workable babysitting situation. I feel so hard for you. Add to this list any other unique to you situation, and there's just no way around it. Almost every part of our lives are different right now. And most of the time, there's not much we can do to make things exactly the way we want them. Remember our best friend, Partial Solutions? They are the name of the game this fall. But they're a good friend to keep close by any time of life, pandemic or not. Because things aren't the way we wish they were, to me, this means we make the things we can control as much the way we want them to be as we can. We may not be able to control our boss's decisions or our inability to see grandparents or travel for the holidays, But we can control our rituals, our routines, and our rhythms at home. And that's where I want to zero in on this episode. So let's talk about two different types of routines, time-centric and theme-centric. So by time, I mean the literal parts of our days, you know, mornings, afternoons, evenings. It's always good to dedicate a little routine to parts of our days, but it's more life-giving now more than ever. If you can't control how your kids go to school right now, at least you can control what you wake up to. By establishing a morning routine, even a five-minute one, it means you're waking up for your day and not to your day with something predictable and on purpose. So for me, this looks like coffee, reading and prayer, writing out the day's to-do list, a short wake-up yoga session, like 10 minutes, and that's it. This is nothing that no one else has ever thought of, but it's always in the same order. It's my claim to some alone time first thing. And except for a few occasional days when things go differently, I know I can expect it. I personally go into a midday slump around 2 p.m. And my energy just doesn't pick up until about 4 p.m. or so. It's been this way for years, so I know not to fight it. Now, I can't just pick up my feet and read as much as I'd like that because I'm a responsible person with work and kids and stuff. But it does mean I turn down my high brain activity. Since I work from home, this is when I run a load of laundry, I tidy up the kitchen, I play with my dog for a few minutes. And when it's not the surface of the sun outside, it's when I like to go on a short afternoon neighborhood walk and return some work-related boxes. I also make myself an iced coffee or tea just as a treat. I check in on the garden and I just generally give my brain a short break by engaging my body. And this is because my job is looking at a laptop for hours at a time when my body is still. All of this, this afternoon little rhythm takes about 30 minutes. So I'm not talking about a total hardcore break, but it's just long enough to give myself an afternoon semblance of humanity. Then in the evening, I do a quick but imperfect kitchen tidying, and then I take a shower, and this sounds weird, but I have waterproof Bluetooth earbuds, so I make it a treat by listening to my current audiobook at the same time. Then after I get ready for bed, I do my same routine of stretches and then a nightly examine prayer where I review the day I just had and look for where I saw God and what I could be thankful for. And then I quickly jot down anything I don't want to forget for tomorrow's to-do list, And then I climb into bed with my current book. So none of this is rocket science. The only key is that I make it an official thing by calling it my routine and then by doing them in the same order at roughly the same time every day. These give scaffolding to my day and they feel so good when time is otherwise a giant mystery or just plain old not ideal. These little rituals, which are only a few minutes of my day, make my time feel purposeful. So those are the time-centric rituals. And then there's the theme-centric rituals, which are simple little rituals we can do in different parts of our life that give it just a little bit more needed structure. So for example, as I work from home, I can do what I can to stand at my desk, at least first thing in the morning and at the end of my day, when I'm tempted to collapse and shut off my brain. I also have a rotation of note cards I hang on my door to communicate to my kids my level of availability. So I've got things like in a meeting, recording a podcast, and deep work, emergencies only. If I don't have a sign, that means they can knock on the door and engage with me for non-emergency stuff. Now, keep in mind, my kids are 10 to 15 years old, so it does help to have slightly older kids who can fend for themselves here. But I'll bet there's some smaller version of this idea you could do with younger kids, too. So, for me in my work, standing at my desk and having signs for communication make all the difference in providing more structure and scaffolding to my work day. My kids all have first thing in the morning chores before they log on to their first Zoom class, and then afternoon chores after school ends. I mean, it doesn't always work that way, but that's ideal, and most of the time it does. I post their chores on the fridge before they even wake up. It's on a printed checklist and a clear sleeve, so I can just check off things with dry erase markers. And that's what they reference for their chores. And they know now to go look at that before they ask for any sort of screen time. Over dinner, we still always ask the same two questions and let everyone take turns answering. What was the best part of your day? And what did you learn? And then about once a week or so, we also ask, what did you fail at? Uh, That's so that we can celebrate the things we tried, even if we didn't succeed. And then we found that during the school year, even when it's all remote, it helps to go ahead and get ready for bed soon after dinner just to get it over with. And then we might watch something together or play a game. But getting ready for bed early goes so much smoother before we're brain dead. And all of this said, on a school night, we don't always watch something. And if we do, it's really no more than an hour. So again, none of this is rocket science. But these little predictable rituals provide just enough of a skeleton to our days so that we don't feel like jello, even when we're all home, doing school and work the best we can. And as I think about this fall, this upcoming fall, and in particular, the holidays, establishing rituals in the home can breathe new life into our monotony. And I could have never planned it in a million years. But I kind of think the fact that my new book, Shadow and Light about Advent, could not have come at a better time. So if you're listening to this as it goes live, my book releases in four days, which I know is weird for an Advent book. But if you order it now, that's one less thing you have to think about for your eventual holidays at home ritual. It's a simple open and go daily or nightly ritual you can enjoy over the candlelight of Advent, whether you're a family full of little kids or you live totally on your own. It requires zero planning in advance, which I think is just what we need for this year when we already have so much on our plates. Now, Advent isn't until November 29th in 2020, so there's no urgency to planning right now. But by ordering your copy of Shadow and Light now, you won't have to remember later when it's two days before Advent, which will definitely happen to some of us because this year, Advent begins the Sunday right after American Thanksgiving, which can throw a lot of us off. And as a thank you for ordering this early in the season, I'm giving you two extras, which are intentionally to help you prepare for the holidays with a stress-free mindset. They are a three-part audio series where I share a 101 on just what is the liturgical calendar and Advent, how to incorporate more of the rhythms of the liturgical calendar in your everyday life, and then a conversation with my friend Haley Stewart, where we chat about what we do in our own homes with our kids' ages for Advent. And then two, a gorgeous liturgical calendar wheel from artist Leah Bannock that you can print and hang as reference and as art. So these are gifts intentionally meant not to clutter your life. They're to pair with shadow and light so that you get more out of Advent without doing more or adding more to your plates. And then also just a little P.S., Ordering books early really helps your favorite authors, because with your order, you're telling bookstores that this book has readers, so they make sure to have plenty stocked up. And this is actually especially important for a book like Shadow and Light, because it's seasonal, and with this being an election year, Advent will sneak up on people, and I would hate for bookstores to not have enough copies of Shadow and Light in stock later in the fall. So if you can, and if you like the thought of both supporting this book and making your own life easier by giving your future self the gift of already having your advent guide, please go ahead and order Shadow and Light now. I think you'll really like it, and it's giving yourself the freedom of an already planned holiday ritual. And regardless... Right now, today, you can start creating both time-centric rituals and theme-centric rituals in your everyday life, even amongst the partial solutions. They really will give some bones to your otherwise jello fall. So to find the book, Shadow and Light, and the free extras I want to give you, go to shadowandlightadvent.com or use the link I've got in the show notes of this episode. It's number 41 of the good list. So one more time, that's shadowandlightadvent.com. As a reminder, as always, I'm on Twitter at tish and every now and then on Instagram at tishoxenrider. But if you'd really like to interact with me and stay in the know with what's on my mind, your best bet is my free weekly email called Five Quick Things. This is where I devote most of my energy to communicating with you, and I send it out most every Friday morning. So to get it. Go to fivequickthings.email and sign up for free, or just use the link in the episode's show notes here, number 41. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and thanks as always to Caroline Tussell and Kyle Oxenreiter for their help, as well as my furry intern, Jenny. I'm Tish Oxenreiter, and I'll be back with you soon. Thanks for listening to The Good List.